Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Uncanny Treks. I am Bob in Cascadia. That is Matt in the Southland. And this evening, we are covering the new DCEU blockbuster starring The Rock. Just dropped on HBO Max. That's right, Matt. What is it? Black Adam? <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's it's not it's not White Adam, Matt. Although there is a apparently a character in the new Black Adam series called White Adam. Yeah, there it you go. Fact, okay, it is in fact Black Adam. Well, that's why you put uh, colors in front of characters, Bob, because you can pick all the colors in the rainbow eventually, and and keep coming up with these brand new characters. It's the same thing with the Green Lanterns. I, I I mean I feel like you, like black is okay to put in front of a character. I, I feel like you can't really do white or brown, though. I feel like white <laughs> sounds racist, and, well, brown, use your imagination. Like, you know, I just... Yeah. Uh, like, are there, They're not brown lanterns, are there? I don't think there are. No. No, there are white lanterns, though, and it's like, it's super weird, man. It's super weird. Like, maybe you shouldn't go that direction with it. No. But, uh, yeah, th this, this film, Bob, uh, it came out in the theaters, and then... Pretty much like what the next week they're like, hey, let's throw this up on HBO Max just to piss, just to uh, I guess piss off the rock. Oh, I thought it was like a couple months ago. Oh no, uh -uh. it's been very, it was very quick. <laughs> October twenty first. Oh wow. So two months, which I mean is still rapid quick in terms of transition to home media. So. Well, I stand corrected. It just it just sat in the theater for so long. I didn't realize it was uh it had been out for so long. <laughs> <laughs> well, two but I mean two months is not long. Yeah, that's true. I mean they they dropped it pretty quick, but they also knew they were going up against Avatar two. It seems like that's just the new way it's going. Like it seems like Marvel is sending their movies at least to a limited time um, to Disney Plus in about two months or three months. You enjoy the theater experience, Bob, but I, I don't as much, so I appreciate them doing that because I can wait another month before a movie comes out. Well, I, see, Matt, this is why I hate you, because you've made me betray my principles. Because, like, I, I, I've stopped going to see these in the theater because it's like, I don't want to watch them twice. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, I want to see Wakanda forever, but I don't want to see Wakanda forever twice. I don't, I don't like the listeners of this podcast enough to watch Wakanda forever twice or yeah. to watch Black Adam twice or, you know, like the same for Aquaman too, right? Like I'm just not. You just want to watch it free it on my Disney plus Bob. I gotcha. No, I, I would be very happy to pay like 12 or 15 bucks to see this in a theater. Like. I would not be that grumpy about it, but because someone is cheap and someone hates the theater experience, <laughs> we have to wait and we get, we probably get less, less downloads than we would otherwise if we did it around release time, but no, true. no, no, we wait, we wait to the home media release. But then I have to go, then I have to go out to the theater and it's cold and you know, gas is expensive, Bob. There's so many things. Uh, oh, so it's Joe Biden's fault, yeah, Matt. It's That's Joe Biden's saying. fault, Bob. It's Joe Biden's fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, speaking of fact checks, I did want to begin our coverage of Black Adam with a fact check. Uh, the first Egyptian pyramid was built in 2780, so uh, that's well before 2600. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, that's that was like what the opening scene. <laughs> that was the opening scene. I I also the opening scene to this was kind of wild, man. Although I gotta say it was. Certainly the opening scene was more cinematically riveting than the thing that immediately followed it with um, the the kid and his mom. Um, that, that, that stuff wasn't great. The, the but, present day stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
but I, I really did laugh a lot at the description of Kondok as the first self-governing people. I don't even know what that means, but it, it just made me laugh. Like, okay, yeah, sure. They had a liberal democracy in Kondok in uh, the year 2600 BCE. Sure, sure. Um, that, that, that laughed. That, that made me laugh. <laughs> I also, j just, just for your edification, Matt, I don't know if this is supposed to be true in, this, in the film, but apparently in the comics, Kondok is supposed to be some territory in the Sinai Peninsula, you know, that peninsula that sits immediately to the east of Egypt and is kind of like a land bridge between Egypt, or sorry, the land bridge between Africa and Asia. That's, uh, that's where Kondok is in the comics, at least. Oh, okay. Yeah, they didn't really specify in this film, but it's somewhere with the desert. Yeah, I, I honestly envisioned it being somewhere else in the Middle East. Just, you know, I wasn't sure where, but I just, I got the sense it was just kind of generically somewhere else in the Middle East. And so I was kind of surprised that it's in the Sinai Peninsula. But I guess that makes sense because a lot of the visual cues, I think more so in the comics, but also in the movie of Kondok are kind of, you know, vaguely Egyptian so it makes sense for them to be right there beside Egypt. Going by the opening scene, Bob, were you impressed with like the uh, the CGI skinny rock they had going? <laughs> oh man! Uh, I mean, compared to some of the CGI that came later, it wasn't that bad, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was supposed to throw you off, like thinking that the kid was the rock. Yeah, kind. I guess I was slightly surprised by that. Although, like, I don't know, surprise is a strong term, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to hide the rock, even, like, when you CG, I don't even know what you call it, de-physique him, I guess. Make yeah. Make less, look less huge. I'm not, like, super, super familiar with Black Adam. I've read some stuff he's in, but I haven't read a lot. But, but I, I think in the comics, he's pretty typical. He got the powers of Shazam when he was a man. That's pretty typical, you know? And so it is a kind of interesting spin on the mythos to have it, oh, initially he was supposed to get it as a boy too, right? That, that is a kind of interesting thing of tying him a little closer to the way the origin went for Billy Bastion getting, you know, the powers of Shazam. So that's at least interesting. And then, yeah, you know, the fake out of, oh, yeah, no, Teth Adam is actually the boy, you know, the, the champion's father. That, like I said, it, it was something at least, I guess. So I don't know. I, I'm going to apologize to the listeners because I didn't really write a plot summary for this because what is there to say? Like, I don't, we'll, we'll just kind of go through it and people can follow along, I suppose. Had you ever heard of Octon, Matt? I had never heard of Octon, no. A lot of the villains in DC, I'm just like, whatever. There's just some CGI conglomeration of like crap and <laughs> I don't know who these people are. Hey, man. I I there, there's plenty of good villains in DC. Don't don't put Octon on DC. I'm, I'm talking. Well. well, I guess I, I should say in the DCEU in the in the movies, it's it, they're all shit. Okay, fair, yeah, fair. Yeah, that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, fair, yeah, fair. Not not the comics. Yeah, sorry. I I, I want to correct you, but I can't even remember who the villains are. So it's kind of hard for me to correct See? you. <laughs> all, you could like literally just replace the CGI models in each uh, in each movie and probably still have the same basic plot. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Ironically mm -hmm. enough, apparently Octan started as a metamorpho villain, you know, being a sort of priest or pharaoh in the past, but then they made him important for Black Adam's backstory as well. So I just thought that was a kind of a, a funny little factoid. See, one thing that really surprised me, Bob, about this movie is that Shazam is no, in no way really incorporated into this. 
I figured you had to have a Shazam and Black Adam because they, but I, I, this 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 changed my mind. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, I I don't know, man. I didn't watch the Shazam movie, and yeah, there's no sign of Billy Batson at all. But apparently the, apparently is it Digimon Huseman is the guy playing the wizard Shazam in the opening yeah. scene. And yeah, I mean, you can see, won- yeah, you can see them, but there's like a bunch of wizards, you know, they're all like whatever the five yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah. They're all there. But apparently he was, a, he was in the Shazam movie too. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There's some con. there's like, that's the only bit of continuity there though. Like every, other than, you know, the rock having a big ass, uh, lightning bolt on his chest. Let's clarify this right quick. So kind of confusingly and annoyingly in the original comics in the golden age, it was captain Marvel right yes and the wizard was shazam yes so yeah you know marvel got the trademark to the name captain marvel i guess in the 60s or the 70s and so their captain marvel was i think more regularly published and so dc started using the term shazam more often to market their captain marvel eventually to the point i think in the 2000s they finally actually just renamed captain marvel into shazam right but that being said, the Wizard Shazam is also Shazam. Is that right? So it's both that is correct. The yes. Wizard Shazam and the superhero Shazam. That is yeah, correct. that's not confusing or stupid at all. Yeah, well, I think in the original movie they point that I, out, and I guess it, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a joke. Uh yeah, yeah, kind of like the joke they ended this movie with, Matt. Yeah, Shazam like stands for shit though, right? I don't think I can do this off the top of my head, but I think it's the wisdom of Solomon. Yeah. The strength of Mercury. I don't remember what the A's are. At- Atlas is probably one of them. Power of Zeus and then the speed of Mercury. So what's the other A? Sounds about right. How about, yeah, the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the stamina of Atlas. The stamina of Atlas. The power uh, of Zeus. The courage of Achilles. And the speed of Mercury. Yeah, okay. So I mostly got it, but I didn't... I didn't get courage of Achilles and I didn't remember what Atlas's stamina was. And then I think I, I just read the power of Shazam comic and um, the, the wizard Shazam also has a magic word that stands for gods I've never heard of, but I'm not going <laughs> to, we don't have to go into that. But then did you know Sabak also uh, is a magic, it's the, this demonic golden age villain for the Captain Marvel, and he also, like, Sabak is his magic word, and it stands for things. What does it stand for? You can read it off, Matt. It's right there for you. <laughs> so the S in Sabak Bible stands for the invisible strength of... Sa- invincible, in- invin- invincible. invincible strength of Satan. <laughs> okay. Yes. A is for the indestructible body of AIM. B is for I have no idea e- who that is. E- I didn't either. Evil wisdom of Belial. Belial, I think. Belial. B is for the flame powers of Beelzebub. A is for the evil courage of Asmodeus. And C is for the flight of Critias. Yeah, no idea who Aim and Critias are, but the others are, you know, pretty common demon names who I think oh. are mostly based on like idols worshipped by the Philistines, I think. So see see everyone, there was a lot more put into this stuff. They just didn't go over it in the movie. I just, I just like that in this kid comics from the 1940s, Captain Marvel's villain like literally had the power of Satan. I yeah. think that's kind of cool and kind of dark. The you invincible know? strength of Satan. 
Yes, yes. The invincible strength of Satan. Excuse me. Excuse me. Not to be confused with the flame powers of Belzebub or Belzebub. <laughs> okay. And so one other kind of, so we, we've covered the backstory of Sabak. We've covered the backstory of Octan. We've covered the really, really confusing naming conventions. One other, one other little piece of backstory to cover, Matt. Had you ever heard of Eternium? I hadn't, Bob, but man, the minute they mentioned Eternium, all I could think of was Vibranium. Yep. <laughs> and then the minute Vibranium came up, I started making these Black Panther connections to this film, and damn, this is like the weirdest Black Panther film ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like between, uh, you know, fictional country, minority hero, American deep state involvement, the, you know, the adjective black being in front of the superhero's name, the the mythical you know the mythical mineral like yeah it's like it really is just trying to be dc's black panther although i guess you do have to give it some credit because it's kind of interesting that in you know wakanda is like this kind of like fantasy of like what if an african nation had never been colonized right right and had you know used their mineral to achieve unprecedented technological power Whereas with Kondak, you sort of get the downside of having, uh, and arguably the more realistic thing that happens when you have very valuable mineral deposits, which is uh, just people just repeatedly come through and colonize you pretty brutally. Yeah. So they did it reverse it in one way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. But they did reverse it in one way. In every other way, basically, this is DC's Black Panther, including with, like, the monarchism. But um, <laughs> in this one way, they were slightly more realistic, I guess, about the dynamics of resource imperialism. In the comics, I'm not sure if this – this doesn't necessarily seem to be true in the movie, although maybe it's true. But in the comics, Eternium are the fragments of the Rock of Eternity, which is usually where the wizard Shazam chills. Um, weirdly, uh, and this kind of links back to a old podcast we did and we'll do again, Star Trek Strange New Worlds versus Legion of Superheroes, but weirdly the Eternium first appeared in a 90s Legion of Superheroes comic, and so there's a character named Thunder, and she's like the 90th century successor to Captain Marvel. She goes back in time into the 1990s to have a team up with Captain Marvel, but then when she's trying to get back to the 90th century she gets lost in the 30th century of the Legion of Superheroes. And uh, while she's there, she joins the Legion for a little bit, and then she has to um, gather up all the Eternium in the 30th century so she can reassemble it into the Rock of Eternity. I was telling you, Bob, the minute they said Eternium, it just, the movie made me like, go, somebody should have like rewritten this part. <laughs> you just not, you're not feeling the Eternium, Matt. I'm really not. I mean, I'm not. It just, it just gave me vibranium vibes, and now I'm just kind of like, eh. Yeah. You know, really threw me off. <laughs> but it's cool that it's connected did, to the Did you enjoy the Patron I like how, like, everything that we cover in our podcast, yeah. Bob, is, like, eventually it all connects somehow. It's nice. It all wraps back around. It yeah. all wraps back around. I mean, that's just what you get with such a long publishing history. It's just crazy, like, how, you know, everything's kind of been interlinked somehow at some point. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So did you enjoy the portrayal of Inner Gang in this movie, Matt? Yeah, I... I thought Inner Gang was supposed to be like badass, like like, like gangster people in Go in a Metropolis. I didn't understand that. Like they just jump right into here and flying motorcycle wielding, laser shooting, bad guys. Yeah, yeah. Worse. So in the seventies comics, it's like as created by Jack Kirby. They're basically like the mafia, but armed with 
apocalyptic weapons that Darkseid has given them. Yeah. And so, like, technically advanced mafia, but in this movie, they're basically just Blackwater. The only theme that really seems consistent is that they're, you know, they're not a mafia anymore. They're a private military company. Right. Which, you know, in some ways, not very different from a mafia, actually. But they still do have these, like, weird scientific weapons, although the movie doesn't make a big deal out of it. But most notably, like, the flying motorcycles. I guess, basically, they just used them because they were too cowardly to have the U.S. occupy <laughs> Condock for Eternium. Yeah. So they, 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 they used the inner gang instead, which it, it was maybe a little cowardly of the writers, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. It, it seems very random, because all I remember about inner gang, like, I remember some comics from the 90s where, yeah, you say they had weapons from Dark Side, but usually it was just a big-ass gun, and that was about yeah. it. Yeah, usually it's a big laser gun. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what's up. Do you think they still might, you know, it seems like, and we'll talk about this at the end, it seems like the DCEU is winding down, but were it to continue, do you think they would be revealed to be proxies for Darkseid? Probably so. They would tie it all in somehow. Yeah. That would be my thought. Yeah, I do appreciate that the main uh, employees of Inner Gang seem to be Australian. I found that, you know, it makes somewhat some sense given, like, how private military contractors do actually exist in the real world. But it was sort of funny. It, it somewhat reminds me of, like, uh, the Vul- Vulture in Spider-Man, the first uh, oh, Tom yeah, Holland yeah. film. Wait, did Michael Keaton do an Australian accent that I forgot? Oh, about? no, no, I'm sorry. Not the Australian accent. <laughs> I'm, talk- I'm going back to the... Uh, <laughs> I know, web- I know. I'm, I'm going back to Inner Game. I'm giving you, anyway. I'm giving you a hard time. Yeah. I'm giving you a hard time. Anyway, they go, he goes and he, like, uses their technology. Like, the technology was left over from the Shatari. Mm-hmm. He takes oh, that yeah, technology yeah. and then builds his suit out of that. Kind of reminds me of the same kind of thing Intergang does. I, I don't think Darks actually gave him the weapons. I think they probably find him in the DCU. Oh, okay. Leftover from some shit. I will say it's funny that you make the Vulcan, or not the Vulcan, you make the Vulture Intergang connection where it's like, Matt, Matt, we're getting to Hawkman. He's coming. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to Hawkman in a minute. So, Matt, did you have any thoughts on uh, Adriana and Amon, our sort of street-level Kondaki characters? I don't The kid was kind of annoying, but I mean, they, they just did that so that the kids watching the movie would have, like, a perspective. But did he have to be a skateboarder? Oh, yeah, the skateboarding, man. It was so bad. Yeah, so bad. lots of skateboarding. I haven't gotten to these, comic, or these comics, but apparently in the comics, Adriana and Amon are basically, like, the Mary Marvel and Captain Marvel Jr. to Black Adam's Captain Marvel, if that makes sense. The mom was a bit annoying, too, because she kept putting her kid in danger, was blaming it on him. It was also kind of weird, because it's like, they're trying to be like, no, no, there is, you know, there is another way other than violence, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but then, you know, obviously, it's a superhero movie, so there's not any other way other than violence. And so, we do see Adriana and her brother, the electrician, you know, take up the baseball bats, and or, or whatever it was, and beat the zombies to death, you know, yeah. at the end, right? It's so, crazy, yeah. I don't know, it's just like, they totally, like, undercut her character. And, I mean, not that her character was that great to begin with but it's yeah I, I didn't really understand her character like I, I just don't the reactions to everything like her, her home being destroyed she doesn't care other stuff just, just weird shit that usually you would think like someone in her position would be more like freaking out about like she left her kid at the, at the apartment alone with with black adam 
like why she stepped out and i was like what yeah what the fuck like <laughs> she, who does this almost like in an earlier draft of the script they were going for some sort of like recurring comedy gag with how yeah. the apartment keeps getting destroyed because it's like yeah you know, it was like at least three different scenes in the movie of like you know the apartment getting further and further damaged it was so weird yeah and the stupid joke of black adam not knowing what doors are or not using doors correctly it was just, it got old quick yeah matt look uh Kondak may have been the first self-governing people but they didn't invent doors okay <laughs> They just walk through the walls. <laughs> That's the only way out. Yeah, yeah. Like it's or maybe, just... maybe, maybe, actually, no. I, I, I'm probably being unfair. They probably did invent doors, but they probably just did it after Black Adam was imprisoned. So, Contact did invent the door. That's when they flourished. <laughs> oh man. Well, no, they flourished before Black Adam uh, was summoned and before oh, they right. discovered Eternium. And so in their in the golden age of Kondak, there were no doors. Or if there were doors, maybe when the evil uh, pharaoh, what was his name? Uh, Octon. Maybe when Octon seized power, he outlawed doors. That was part of his like new slave regime, mining the Eternium thing, is no doors. Yeah. Maybe the only way doors operate is through the use of Eternium, and that's why they're having to mine it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. So Matt, what did you think of the soundtrack on this on this beast? Hey, the the Rolling Stone stuff got on my nerves after a while. They really liked the painted black thing. Yeah, I don't know. Didn't they already use that in the first Suicide Squad too? Oh yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like there's this DCEU tradition of it's like okay, half the half the budget goes to bad CGI. Half the budget goes to really unimaginative but expensive soundtrack drops. So in this movie, we had both Smashing Pumpkins and the Rolling Stones. And, oh, man. But, I like, I don't know. Just the use of both really sucked. Well, don't worry. Now that James Gunn's in charge, he'll fix all that. Yeah, he'll go for obscure but more thematically appropriate um, soundtrack <laughs> drops. And that paint it black drop did cut did you know go over our first slow mo fight scene between Black Adam and Inner Gang, which was just garbage. Oh god, I hated that scene so much. We're gonna I guess now we turn and we talk about the Justice Society, but before we do, I do just want to note that there's a kind of irony that like the U.S. deep state in this movie is represented by three black people a Jewish guy, and a napping old Irishman. And I just thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> like, that's just, that's what the American deep state is in Black yeah. Adam. Yeah. Were you surprised to see Viola Davis? I was like, oh, sweet, Amanda Waller again. She's been in, like, every movie now. I was not surprised to see her. I was surprised at how visibly bored she was <laughs> during the entire movie. Was she this bored in other movies? I don't yes. remember. Yes, she was. Okay. They were still trying to make the whole DCEU a thing, you know what I mean? Like at this point, so having her there adds another character because she's been in—I think she's been in every single film at some point. I haven't seen them all. Was she in Justice League? Oh yeah, she's at the—I think she's in a post-credit scene, maybe. How about Shazam and Aquaman? Oh, I bet, but I bet she wouldn't have been in the first Wonder Woman or either Wonder Woman though, because of the period. That's true. Yeah, she wasn't a lot. But no, I, t I take your point that she's the Nick Fury though. They're they're trying. Yeah, they're trying to make her the Nick Fury, and it's just not going over as well. Honestly, after getting her like ass handed to her in that last Suicide Squad movie, I'm kind of not high on Amanda Waller right now. 
At least this reiteration of her. Well, it's a shame because, like, Amanda Waller is an amazing character, especially in that original late 80s, early 90s Suicide Squad comic. Like, she's one of my favorite characters. But she's just really suffered from, like, overexposure and kind of unimaginative uses, I feel like. Like, she just... You know, it's just like whenever you have a, a, a government story in the DCU, you need Amanda Waller involved. And I feel like that overexposure really hasn't done the character any favors, you know? Yeah, it's just like you know she's going to show up in a purple dress <laughs> like it's, at yeah. some point. <laughs> I'm also, I'm also, this, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of, like Viola Davis is good casting. I'm still kind of bitter that Waller isn't fat. Like Waller should be fat. No. Like... Oh, God. Well, um, I will say she's an upgrade from Angela Bassett, whoever they had in the Green Lantern film. Oh, I totally forgot that Angela Bassett was Waller in that Green Lantern film that I did not watch. That's <laughs> wild. So, to me, at least at least Viola Davis looks a little more like the character that she's yeah. meant to be portrayed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, d- Matt, did you happen to notice if there were any if there was any controversy on the internet since they, like... You know, they sort of did uh, what? What's the term for it? Like, like reverse race casting for two characters. I haven't heard anything about it, honestly. So they I... did like Hawkman and Cyclone are like usually portrayed as white, which I mean, I I think it's totally fine to make them African American. I mean, you know, like especially given Hawkman's like roots in Egyptian mythology, like it makes more sense than him looking like a, like a wasp, you know? Right. And then was Cy- I didn't know, I didn't know who Cyclone was. So honestly, they could have like, I, I, do, you, do you know anything about the golden age red tornado? Not really. No. I mean, I know who uh, red tornado is, but I don't know. Well, so the golden age red tornado is like a forties character who she was a comedy character. Her name was Ma Hunkle. And she basically just like, put a pot on her head and fought crime. So that's the golden age red tornado. And then in the silver age, they came, they, you know, they reimagined red tornado as, as an Android. Yeah. And so in our, in our young justice coverage on X-Men 92 versus young justice, we talked about all the other Android spinoffs they made of red tornado. And what they did was they retroactively, made old characters like Red Torpedo and I'm blanking on the chick, but they made older Golden Age characters retroactively be androids who were tied into Silver Age Red Tornado, but not Golden Age Red Tornado. Does that make sense? Okay, yes. You did mention the lady with the pot on her head, though. I will say that. Oh, I did. Okay. I didn't didn't think I did, but okay, I guess I did. Yeah. Okay. That that one stood out to me. (laughs) So Cyclone is her granddaughter... And she first appears in Kingdom Come in the background. And then I think they made her a Justice Society regular in like the late 90s or probably the early 2000s. And I guess like in the in the movie, she mentions uh, having been kidnapped by a mad scientist and infected with nanobots. Was that it? Or nanites? Yeah. And I guess that mad scientist is supposed to be T.O. Moro the guy who created the Silver Age Red Tornado, who we saw in Young Justice, if that makes sense. That does make sense, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I just, I was not as familiar with Cyclone. Hawkman, I was like, I didn't care. I'm like, whatever. (laughs) Did you, did you think he just came off as a jobber in this film? I felt like the whole Justice Society, I mean, you can forgive me for if I'm wrong with this, but like, but they were trying their best to like, 
make sure they put some people with capes and stuff in the Black Adam film, so they yeah, would have yeah. a way to like sell it as a you know a superhero thing with the Rock. You know, yeah. they, I feel like that's what these characters were, and they just picked like the ones they knew they weren't going to do separate movies with or individual movies because I don't see Hawkman carrying his own film. I mean, I don't, I don't know if Ant Man can have a film. Hawkman can in have Marvel. A film. In Marvel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not in DC. And then Dr. Fate. I'm like, I don't see Dr. Fate. Right, Matt, were, was, that, was that an implication that the DC Cinematic Universe is incompetent? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, Bob, I'm telling you. There's no way. Now, what they would do is they put out a 20-episode a, a Hawkman series on HBO Max. So <laughs> that's what I want to see. Yeah, they, it did feel like they kind of went with even though Dr. Fade is way overpowered, I, I, I've always liked Hawkman as a character. I think he's a very cool character. But it did feel like they kind of just pulled four jobbers. Um, yeah. Although, I mean, I don't have any issues with the characters at yeah. all. I just, I'm just i yeah. just saying, like, as far as this film goes, I feel like they just had to have... Their, they had to make sure they had a team of characters that were, you know, superheroes to fight Black Adam. Yeah. Well, and I haven't... I don't know, man. I think part of the problem is just that there's, like... There are hardly any Black Adam comics, and there are, like, especially hardly any Black Adam comics where he's not a not just a villain. Like, you know, most of his career from the 40s through the 90s, he was just, you know, a, a fairly generic evil counterpart of Captain Marvel. And see, that's how I've always seen him as until, yeah. you know, until some of the more recent stuff. Uh, he plays a pretty big part in, like, the Injustice video games. So oh, when okay. I when I was exposed to him there, I was like, oh, this character's more. I mean, he's 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 the uh, ruler of. So they do the whole Kondok thing. Yeah, yeah, he's the ruler of Kondok. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It just it just kind of felt like they they found like they found a character they thought the Rock could visually play, and then they just kind of had to reverse engineer a story for him, you know? Right. And that's and so what this went, film. That's what this film feels yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, apparently it's based off a, a crossover in Injustice Society of America called Black Rain that I've never read. Like, I've read some of the late 90s, early aughts Justice Society comic, but I didn't get that far. But I think this is just a very loose adaptation of that. And I think also, like, Adam Smasher, Fate, and Hawkman were very prominent in that crossover. And so, you know, that's why they're here. Plus, like you say, the fact that they're unlikely to be you know, carrying their own movies or miniseries anytime soon. Right. And CW Network could do it. <laughs> well, Matt, did you have any thoughts on uh, the revelation that Henry Wrinkler was the original Adam Smasher? Uh, yeah, that was the most random ass thing, him showing up. Like, it's just like he shows up on a, uh, like, I felt like they paid for a cameo of Henry Winkler. <laughs> they got him on cameo. Or they seriously, I mean, he's on a phone, so it's all you see yeah. him as. So really, they probably yeah. could. I don't <laughs> I hadn't know. Thought about that. That's hilarious. This is weird. Yeah. That that is funny. Just to imagine, like indie film, yeah, like it, that service is called Cameo, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, just like indie film. Just I mean, obviously you couldn't do this for legal reasons, but just starting to buy cameos from <laughs> semi-famous actors as a way, you know, it's like oh, we we pay him three hundred bucks. That way we don't have to pay him three hundred thousand. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah, funny. it was so, it was so random. It was like Henry Winkler wants to be in a in a superhero film. Okay, well, they'll be the original Adam Smasher. 
<laughs> Did you recognize the guy playing Hawkman, Aldous Hodge, from anything? He was the voice of a Green Lantern in that film we recently covered. Yeah, yeah, John Stewart and the Green. Was it Green Lantern? Beware my power. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's he's pretty good. I don't. I mean, I don't think he you know has any room to do much of anything in this film. But he's the co-lead with Kevin Bacon in a Showtime crime series I like called City on a Hill. I mean, I've only seen the first season. I still need to see season two and three. But I, I liked him in the show quite a lot when I when I saw the first season a couple years ago. And then there was that kind of cool movie that Amazon did a couple years ago called Night in Miami. And it was about four famous uh, black dudes hanging out in Miami one night in the 60s. It was... Oh, man, I'm blanking on who all it was. I think it was Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, Jim Brown, and I'm forgetting the fourth guy. But Aldous Hodge played Jim Brown in that, the football player. Okay. The thing about Hawkman, though, Bob, is that I, he has his own, like, Hulk manner type thing. I, was he supposed <laughs> to be filthy rich? Like, I, I don't remember this at all from the comics. Uh, it depends on which version. The Golden Age Hawkman is like one of those generic playboys, you know? Um, oh, the by the way, the fourth guy in One Night in Miami is Cassius Clay, a.k.a. Muhammad Ali, my bad. But, yeah, in the Golden Age, um, Hawkman is supposed to be kind of like generic playboy, like Bruce Wayne. I don't think they ever make a, that big a deal out of his wealth, right? It's just like, a, you know, just a random fact about him. Like, you don't see Hawk Manor in the Golden Age yeah. Hawkman comics that I remember. And actually, I, ha I have actually read all the Golden Age Hawkman comics. There's not that many of them. But um, I, I don't remember Hawk Manor ever being a big deal in them. <laughs> um, but uh, then in the Silver Age, not rich. He's just an alien come to Earth, right? Although in some versions of the Silver Age Hawkman, he is like he is rich or privileged back on his home world, but usually on Earth he's not. Yeah, but so yeah, that's more that's more wild. my understanding of his origin as the Silver Age version. Well, I think we're pretty much because the Silver Age version's history got so confusing. Pretty much, it seems like we're going to be stuck with the Golden Age Hawkman as I mean, not even stuck. Like I, I like the Golden Age Hawkman, but we're going to have the Golden Age Hawkman probably as the main version of Hawkman from here on out, especially. Given that the la I think the last two Hawkman series starred the Golden Age Hawkman, and you know he's been in a movie, right? So right, that we're probably not going to see very much of the Silver Age Hawkman from here on out. What'd you think of his stupid mask? <laughs> uh, I didn't know. I, uh, to be honest, I didn't notice it that much. No, I mean the oh, okay. When I say stupid mask, it doesn't look bad. It's the on and off shit that like the Iron Man crap it does. Oh yeah, well, I mean, they like it was like Iron Man was the biggest visual inspiration for this movie, right? With they did the same thing with the Doctor Fate helmet, and they yeah. did that awful like Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. It, you know, in the helmet camera on Pierce Brosnan's face and yeah. in the helmet of fate. I hated that so much. That's the new go-to. <laughs> I will say the thing I kind of dislike the most about this uh, this movie's portrayal of Hawkman is. Golden Age Hawkman, I think it varies, but in general, dude's kind of a berserker. He's He'll kill somebody. Um, so I don't really like Hawkman being the voice of, no, 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 a superhero can't ever kill anyone for any reason. I mean, the man carries a mace. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was an amazing, um, There's a. have you ever heard of uh, the comics artist Kyle uh, Barker? Or Baker? Uh, I think it's Kyle ba Baker. Bakley, yes. 
yeah, he's a great indie artist who occasionally does mainstream superhero comics. He's a he's a black dude. He's really great. And he did for Wednesday Comics about 10 years ago, he did the Hawkman strip. And he was quoted in, in, in an interview with the amazing sentence of, he's like, well, the thing about writing and drawing Hawkman is that he carries a mace. And so you have to give him problems that could be solved by hitting them with a mace. Maybe Hawkman's just supposed to represent, like, the United States, Bob. Like, we're so well-armed, but yet we preach peace. <laughs> I will say, I wasn't... I, <laughs> I haven't read 52 or that Black Rain crossover I was talking about, so maybe this is a pretty accurate depiction of how they did the Justice Society in their stories, but I don't really love the Justice Society basically just being the Suicide Squad. <laughs> like that's While I was watching the film, I was thinking, man, this would have been a great Suicide Squad movie, <laughs> like stick Peacemaker in there against the Rock. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. That could have been fun. That could have been yeah. fun. Oh, man. I think I'm mostly going to be more positive on the action in this movie after this point. But I really did want to complain about how the second fight between Black Adam and Inner Gang was like restaging the end of the good, the bad, and the ugly after we saw it playing on a TV. Oh, God, that made me so angry. So <laughs> hacky. Yeah, that, that was uh, very odd the way they set that stage for that by putting the uncle like watching it on the yeah and he was watching an old ass tv as well that bothered me i feel bad for those people well matt inner gang doesn't let you ship new tvs into conduct that's part of their tyranny they don't have color television i don't think if i'm correct yeah not 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 under the control of inner gang they don't damn that's why that's why they need to be liberated by america and get some of that sweet sweet american freedom and also sell sell eternium to american mining companies on a very very low cheap basis <laughs> So, did you mostly enjoy the visual presentation of Hawkman, the mask issue aside? I was, the, the way, yeah, like the fighting scenes and everything, they were fine, the way he moved. I think they did a really good job of that. I just, okay. it's just the whole transformation part that bothers me, the stupid mask. I can't stand okay. when the mask go on and off. You, like, you, didn't like the, you didn't like the wings folding in and out of the mask? Oh, that, yeah, that was kind of weird too. Like, where the hell do the wings go? And like, you know, yeah. because they're CGI, they just turned it off. I was like a little mixed on the visual style for the Justice Society here because it's like I didn't really love how Fate's magic appeared because it looked kind of pixelated and prismatic, you know, but the way they kept having him randomly disappear was kind of cool. And I don't know, the multiple fates, that was fine once, but they did it so often and then they did it with Hawkman. I was just I, I, I kind of soured on it. You think they have to, like, make sure their magic doesn't look too similar to, like, Doctor Strange's magic in the Marvel films? I mean, that that always has been the struggle of, is, yeah, how do you, like, in the comics as well as the film, is how do you, like, visually differentiate the two? I mean, there's a lot more, like, swirls with, you know, Doctor Strange's magic, but here you're, like, like you said, they're more, like, prismatic Maybe that's what well, they were what, going for. What's the cool, <laughs> the, like the definitive Dr. Fate comic? Well, that, that's not entirely fair because the Golden Age Dr. Fate comics are incredible, actually. They're some of the best Golden Age comics. They're really, really wild and weird. And like they're very, they're very much worth reading. They've great art style, too. Howard Sherman, I believe, is the artist on those. But the kind of definitive 
comic uh, of Dr. Fade is, I believe it was called First Issue Special. It was a series where DC did like tryouts for new first issues. And in the first issue special of Dr. Fate, they had uh, the great artist Walt Simonson draw it. I think Marty Pasco scripted it, if I remember right. And Simonson really did a lot to like do like kind of Egyptian and Sumerian imagery in Dr. Fate's magic. And so he would like use like onks and use like patterns like that, which I think you might remember them doing that a little from the Young Justice cartoon too. Oh yeah, they did do that. They did the, and they also do it in um, Injustice the video game. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, nice. it's all about the onks. I forgot about, about that. All about the onks. Yeah. But yeah, that that was definitely even though like Fate way way predates Strange, that was kind of the challenge when they were trying to do comics again with Fate in the seventies and the eighties and the nineties was how to like give them a visually distinct magic from Strange. So, all right, Bob, Doctor Fate, totally CGI body, right? Or much? Yeah, yeah, there? totally, totally. Okay, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I couldn't quite tell. I mean, it's get the CGI stuff's getting pretty good, but I was like, eh, it doesn't doesn't look it doesn't look his head just doesn't look right. So, made sense. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. I knew he. Uh, there's no way he's in that kind of shape at his age. Oh no, no. I I thought it was really kind of funny and telling that like. You know, part of the writing for Dr. Fate uh, was to just have Pierce Brosnan be this old man who takes naps a lot. Like, that was really funny. I don't know how intentional that was, but that was really funny. Yeah, I think, I think they were going, that's what they were going for. Especially considering the ending, you know, he's, they're both. <laughs> well, the other two visuals I wanted to talk about real quick, like... I, like, I've got no problems with Cyclone as a character. She's fine, whatever. I, I don't have any strong feelings about her. But I just thought, like, the rainbow visualizations of her wind powers were not great. Like, they, they, I just feel like they should have done something else with that. She's very forgettable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like, we're, we're like a week of... out since I watched this film, and, like, I can't even remember, yeah. like, what she did. But I'm, I'm, it must not have been that great. Well, it, it was also kind of weird that, like... They made such a point of her being like a child prodigy, but then she didn't. It was very, I, 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 maybe maybe Cyclone is like this in the Justice Society comics. I haven't gotten that far in them, but like it very clearly just seemed to be like DC's attempt to cash in on like, you know, the black girl geniuses from Marvel. So you have like Shuri and Black Panther and you have Ironheart who's coming soon. And it's like, right. okay, we'll make Cyclone like that, but we'll forget to write her doing anything that's actually intelligent. Yeah, this is just, I think she was a victim to like the, just the mass number of characters in this film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This isn't a team movie, but it's, but it, it has a, it has like a team. Although I will say, I guess I sort of did enjoy the dynamic, and maybe you're going to tell me I'm an idiot for saying this, but I can't think of another superhero movie that quite has this same dynamic of, like, it basically has the the lead versus another team of superheroes, and it, like, it has, like, such kind of dissimilar characters just kind of, like, thrown together for a movie do you, do you see what i'm saying oh yeah this is yeah that, I mean, that's what this film is like it, you you knew when they were writing the script they're like shit we gotta have we gotta have more people in this film to make sure we can put you know butts in seats because yes people will come out and see the rock but if he's not punching anything you know cool then no one wants to see it so they're like we'll, we'll get some random ass yeah, heroes yeah. 
I mean, I like yeah, to hear. I, I, I like Doctor Fate. Idiot. I like Hawkman. Yeah. Okay, I'm not. When I say random ass, I'm yeah. like, let's, you know, we're, we're looking at like B tier here. We're not looking at you know, yeah, yeah, super. Yeah. If they could have got, yeah, if, yeah. if if for even right. an inkling, yeah. they could have gotten Ezra Miller or Henry Cavill to come in for just this film, you know, they would have like done them instead. Well. I mean, Matt, they didn't need to get uh, Ezra Miller because they had Adam Smasher to play the exact same character <laughs> as Ezra Miller. Yes, um, ex- exactly. <laughs> although, I, I will say, I've never been a big fan of Adam Smasher in the comics. I've always found him a little tedious. But I, I, I thought they actually used the visuals of him being big pretty well here, especially like a couple of the fights with Black Adam and him were actually pretty cool. And that that moment, which was stupid, but I still enjoyed it, of like Adam Smasher accidentally backhanding Hawkman out of the sky, like I, I was I was actually mildly impressed, even though I was not so impressed with parts of Fate, Hawkman, and Cyclone. I was mildly impressed with the, at least how the visuals of Adam Smasher went down, even though his character was basically just you know what if we did nerdy Barry Allen from as Ezra Miller Flash again. And one one thing I did like about Adam Smasher too, like when he takes Black Adam and holds him down like yeah. his, his fist, and like you think he's gone, you know you th- they think they yeah. have him. They think they have him. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that that was a good scene. Yeah, that was a good scene. That was a good scene. Oh man, I guess the last. I, I guess I've got two big visuals to close us out on, Matt. Do you want to? So do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to hear my two big visuals, or do you have other stuff to bring up? Sure, Bob. Go right ahead. And hit us with those visuals. So I, it was stupid, but man, Black Adam like ripping Sabak in two vertically was kind of funny. It was kind of cool. I, yeah, that was a I, bit of ultra violence right there. And I was watching this yeah. film going, well, Dan, there's your violence. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> we're all, like, we're being very preachy in the beginning of this film. Now we're just like, oh, I'll just rip a man in two. Okay. And then my, my second visual question to you, Matt, like, so, you know, in, in the post credit scenes, surprise, surprise, Henry Cavill as Superman shows up and not only Henry Cavill as Superman shows up, but his nipples in his Superman suit <laughs> show up. And you could, I, you could see those nipples in that Superman suit. And my question to you, was that true in the earlier Superman movies that I just didn't see? Or was that, was that like, you know, we're, we're getting ultraviolet and extreme for Black Adam. And so Henry Cavill's <laughs> nipples have to make an impression in two senses. Bob, I'm not seeing his nipples in the screenshots. Like, I, I swear really, to God, his nipples are there, man. I'm not really gonna, not. I'm not. I'm not going to reopen the movie on HBO Max <laughs> to take a screenshot. To I'm about to. I'm going to reopen the damn movie in a minute, just because I was. <laughs> this is the last shot of Henry Cavill as Superman, and you're like, you know, oh, his nipples are showing, and I don't see them. Hey, hey, man. Like it's you know James Gunn has taken over the DCEU, and he'll probably just keep doing what he did to Henry Cavill at the end of Peacemaker, where he shows up in silhouette played by a stunt double. So I mean, is this actually the last shot of Henry Cavill as Superman? Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I'll, I'll be pulling this, this screenshot Bob, because there's I'm not seeing it, and it's driving me crazy. I really feel like you see the nips, man. I feel I like you see them. I don't see the nips. <laughs> I think you're looking too close. Or actually, you didn't. That's the thing too. You didn't see this in the theater, so it would have been better had you seen this in the theater and been like, "Oh, that's why you go to the theater, Bob. You want to see Henry yeah. Cavill's nips." <laughs> Oh man, I, I I would have been I would have been with uh, my friend who is a lady. Uh, she's not my lady friend. She's my friend who is a lady, and she would have really appreciated it. That was that would have been nice. That would have been yeah, nice. I can't see his nipples on my little TV screen. There's no way. <laughs> 
yeah, no, I just my, I I don't even have I've got a pretty good sized TV, but you know, I just did I didn't get the definition on those Henry Cavill nips that I wanted. And where else am I gonna get him, Matt? He's not The Witcher anymore. Yeah, I don't know. He's 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 out of a job, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he's on he's on the unemployment line. Watch him go to watch him go to Marvel and be like some badass character that we've all forgotten about. And then... that would be pretty funny. Although I do sort of wonder if like poor if poor Henry Cavill. Although I have no I I don't know anything about the man, so I, I don't even know if I want to call him poor or not. But <laughs> I do wonder if like his um if like the fact that he's like so associated with like Zack Snyder fanboys on the internet like. Would that would that like dissuade Marvel from even like you know tapping him for something because those the Snyder fanboys have such like a toxic reputation? I don't know. Uh, I don't. If they can get more people to watch their films, I don't think they care. Even if yeah, it's probably true. That's probably true. So I had a couple uh, wrapping up questions for you, Matt. Um, had you ever seen a film directed by uh, Jamie Collette Sarah before? I had not. No. Okay, he's like he's from Spain. He. He directed a quartet of like pretty good Liam Neeson action movies. Um, I've seen most of them with my boy Noah. He did like Unknown, which was just Taken was a big success. Let's do another Liam Neeson in Europe movie. Uh, he did Nonstop, which is uh, Neeson as an Alki uh, air marshal in a plane hijacking. That was really fun. I had a good time watching that with my boys. Uh, he did Run All Night, where Neeson is chased by the Irish mob. And he did the commuter where Neeson is on a hijacked commuter train. So I would actually say none of those are good movies, but they're all fun movies. They're all worth your time. Yeah. And then uh, Colette Sarah had previously directed The Rock in Jungle Cruise, which I I did not see. (laughs) (laughs) But he had directed one other movie I did see, which was uh, Blake Lively in this mediocre shark movie called The Shallows. So he it's kind of funny. Colette Sarah has had a a long and weird career in Hollywood directing like horror and action films. And it's kind of, kind of funny. He got tapped, I guess, cause the rock likes him. He, he's been tapped for two straight rock movies. Jungle Cruise was that stupid movie in 2020 that like, they kept pushing back the, the release date, but they kept showing the commercials and that's all I remember yeah. about it. I wonder, cause I, did that do well? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. I want. I, I mean, not that like. I think Colette Sarah is like a, a capable action director. I'm not like a huge fan. I just think he's you know kind of fun. But I wonder if he's going to be kind of tainted by these two rock star pieces, you know. Well, I mean, the thing with Jungle Cruise, going back to that, Bob, is that anytime Disney tries to make a film about like one of their rides, the only one that has ever gone anywhere is Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, and that's yeah. solely because of Johnny Depp. Has nothing to yeah, do with yeah. haunted the mansion. Of the IP. Stupid, you know. Yeah, Matt, you're saying you're saying that theme park rides don't make for a good good story or good visual spectacle. I'm just trying, like, to, just trying to let you know, Bob. In case you were wondering, no, they they don't. It's not it's not the best I did a base film on a a, a two minute ride at a theme park. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, so I think that really the only other major, and to call it major is obviously wrong, but the only other major film appearance of Black Adam was the short film from about 10 years ago, Superman and Shazam, Return of Black Adam. Did you ever see that? I have not, but I kind of want to watch it on HBO Max. I'll probably check it out this week. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I I used our delay in recording to watch that. And it's fine. I don't. I don't think we should review it because I don't think there's enough to say about it. You know. Yeah. 
but it's it's fine and it's actually kind of cool there's if you watch it on hbo max there's three other short films tacked on at the end including a specter and a jonah hex short short films that i thought were very good the green arrow one was 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 midland but the the specter and the jonah hex ones were good and the superman and shazam return of black adam was pretty good and hbo max is pushing it heavily since that's the only other thing they have besides with black adam right now so they're they're pushing it all right bob let's get to your favorite part my favorite part matt is it it's time for us to rank the dceu such as such as i've seen at least only the ones Bob has seen, but I'll add mine in there too. All right. Um, all right, Bob. Number one DCU movie, in my opinion, is Suicide Squad 2, all which right, I believe fair, you agree fair. with, correct? I do agree with you. I do agree with you. Okay. My second best movie. You say Suicide Squad 1, correct? Yeah, I had a really good time seeing that. I saw that with uh, my friend who is a lady. We saw it at a huge screen in Seattle that has since closed. It was a good time. So are you basing the, the, the film on the good time you had or the actual film itself? <laughs> I mean, the film the film, the film film was part of the good time. Okay. Like, you got to see it in a huge thing. It was really over the top. I really like Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. It was pretty memorable. You know, it was like the, I, the soundtrack choices in Suicide Squad 1 were also cheesy, but like I don't know, they felt like they worked a little more than the like over the top soundtrack choices in Black Adam, if that makes sense. All right, so I'm, I'm gonna agree with you on that. I'll go with Suicide Squad. Oh wow, I'm shocked. Yeah. My 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 other friends are gonna be listening to this in a rage because they hate Suicide Squad one. <laughs> I didn't mind it too, because like the one one reason I I like Suicide Squad one was because like my wife actually watched it and enjoyed it, which is unusual for like superhero films. So I feel like yeah. it was more like okay. This is something anybody can watch and enjoy, not just, you know, you have to have yeah. this love for the characters and all that bullshit. All right. So I, I'll give it to that one. Now, the next one, I think here's where we're going to run into some issues because you've got Aquaman number one as your number three. Yeah, yeah. It's not a good movie, but Jason Momoa is uh, charming. And it's got like the kind, I like that kind of like neon 80s fantasy aesthetic that Guardians of the Galaxy does to an extent, and Thor 3 and Thor 4 do to an extent. So I, that, that would be my argument for Aquaman 1. Yeah, I'll go with Aquaman 1 too. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, number four, Bob, you put this film, Black Adam. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is a good film, but it is, it is, it, it, it was, it was fascinating to see, um, DC try to make a Black Panther. Um, it was fascinating to see the kind of just random kind of Black Adam versus the Justice Society, which is not great, but I, you know, I've never seen a Marvel or DC movie kind of do that before. So, eh, you know, like it, it showed me something vaguely different. I'll give it a little bit of credit for that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So here's where we, here's where we're gonna switch up a little, Bob. You've got Batman versus Superman as your next film. I'm going to go with Snyder's Justice League. Did you watch Zack Snyder's Justice League, didn't you? Hell no. Come I've got on, better Bob. things to do than watch <laughs> six hours of Zack Snyder's Justice League. You watch it in sections. I, it's got chapters. Then it's, not, then it's not a movie, Matt. It's a fucking miniseries. <laughs> and it doesn't belong on the fucking list. Pardon my French. <laughs> No, I I watched Whedon's Justice League back in the in the theater, and that was enough for me, dog. All right, so I got Snyder's Justice League there. You got you got Batman vs Superman. 
Then I've got Superman Man of Steel. Never saw. Never saw. Which is all right. It's an all right film. Uh, you've got Whedon's Justice League. Whedon's Justice League. And then I, then I close out with Wonder Woman 1, which I, I don't think I hated that much at the time, but in hindsight, it's just worse and worse. Yeah, I've got Wonder Woman 1 after, after Man of Steel better than Batman vs. Superman, because Batman vs. Superman is a clusterfuck. I watched it yeah. recently just because it was on TV, and I was like, ugh, this is just, like, there's just too much shit going on. Like, like <laughs> I guess that's what they like to do in these DCU movies. They just, like, throw everything they possibly can into them. Yeah. Which, um, yeah. And then I've got Whedon's Justice League, and then I've got Wonder Woman 2 as my last one, but Wonder Woman 2 is terrible. Yeah, I only listened to the Chapo review of Wonder Woman 2, which was hilarious, but... I had no desire to actually see Wonder Woman 2. It kind of made me glad they're canceling a third film because it just, it was not great. There's too many damn plot holes. It was bad. Did you, did you see Birds of Prey? Oh, I did see Birds of Prey. Um, Birds of Prey would actually go, this is going to be a little controversial, but Birds of Prey can go after Black Adam. Oh, is it, is it not better? You don't, you don't think it's better than Black Adam? No. Okay. No, I don't think it's better I, than Black Adam. I no. saw Birds of Prey on HBO Max a couple of years ago, and I remember liking it. I Probably I would put it on my list, maybe even number two. But yeah. the reason I didn't put it on my list is I just don't remember anything about it. <laughs> like, it was, I don't know. Like I, the, you don't remember Black Mask other, and all that shit going on? I, I, I just, I think it... I think I was doing that thing, which I also did during Black Adam, when I'm not that interested in a movie that I'm streaming at home, where I'm like walking around, I'm cleaning my house, you know, I'm doing other stuff. <laughs> and like, I I have, like the way my TV is set up, I can see my TV from like my kitchen or from my bathroom or yeah. from my hallway. So it's like, I can get a lot of stuff done and still see the screen, but nonetheless, I just, I don't know. I. I, I have vague, vague positive memories of it. Probably think it was better than everything but Suicide Squad 2. But, man, those memories are vague. Well, guys, we hope you've enjoyed our, our half-ass commentary on Black Adam. <laughs> yeah. I, w- <laughs> was it even half-ass? Would quarter-ass be more? Uh, Bob, <laughs> I think it's quarter Bob ass watched commentary. it while cleaning his house. <laughs> He, he he didn't even stay in the same room. <laughs> hey, man, I, I literally, during the, I was watching this last night. And during the climactic fight, I granted I was granted I'm also like on a time change, and I didn't sleep much the night before because I had to get up early to go catch a plane. But during the climactic fight between Sebak and Black Adam, I literally fell asleep, and so I had to wake up this morning at like five thirty and like rewatch the last twenty minutes of the movie Damn. because I had no idea what had happened. Oh man! So not only is this the end of our quarter ass commentary on Black Adam, Matt, but maybe it's the end of something else. Yeah, Bob, it's the end of the DCEU. We've got. Two more films coming out. Do we though? Are they actually even going to put them out? The Flash is coming out, Bob. Flashpoint. You think you, you don't think they're going to pull a Batgirl and just like cancel it and get the tax return? They would have already cut right that off. shit. They would have already done it. And then so you got are, Aquaman. We two. are we are going to get Aquaman two in the Flash. Yes, Flash you is coming so. out mid year twenty twenty three, and uh, Aquaman two is coming out Christmas. Of 2023. I, are you sure? 
I, I have a feeling, Bob. I have a feeling it's going to happen. Haven't they delayed Aquaman 2 like twice already? Uh, they delayed The Flash twice. I feel like they keep delaying Aquaman 2, too, which I, I'm not going to watch The Flash. I really don't want to watch The Flash. <laughs> Maybe when it shows up on HBO Max, if HBO Max even still exists at it that point, exist. which is a that's an open question, too, at this point. Um, but I, maybe you'll convince me to watch it, but I really don't want to watch The Flash. Oh, Bob, <laughs> one more film. There's one more film. Blue Beetle. Yeah, that that there's no way, right? There's no way. Yeah, Blue Beetle's ha- Bob. It was originally going to be a mini uh, a series on HBO, and now it's a movie. They like that's when they shifted to movie. I think they're going to cancel Flash and Blue Beetle and, and get the tax write off. They're going to give it the Batgirl treatment. We're gonna we're gonna see three films, Bob. I'm telling you. Oh God, I don't mark really my words. Want... Predictions for 2023, listeners. Well, Blue Beetle. Blue Be- Flash. Isn't Blue Beetle Aquaman supposed to be 2024 anyway? Oh shit! Hold on. <laughs> actually, I don't think. I actually know. I don't think it is. No, uh, August 18th, 2023. Really? Yeah. Has there even been a Has there even been a teaser? I mean, there's been pictures. There's been pictures from the. Well, it wasn't originally a movie. It was originally a, a TV show. I got, I've got, I've got, I've got pictures I can show you too, Matt. <laughs> okay. Well, here I'm sending you they... one of, of Jamie Reyes, <laughs> of Jaime Reyes and uh, Blue Beetle. Right Boom. Oh, aren't they supposed to do a Shazam too as well? Oh allegedly? shit! Damn, they just keep popping up. Damn, I'm sorry. There's four films: Shazam two, Flash, uh, Aquaman two, and Blue Beetle. These are the four films that are left in the DCEU for this coming year. But they can't. They can Wonder Woman three, and they can Batgirl, both female-led films. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, I like that's a little unfortunate. I mean, I don't think any of these are going to be good. The only one of these, of Wonder Woman three, Batgirl, and then these four films that will actually happen. The only one I actually have any interest in actually seeing is Aquaman 2. Oh, bullshit. Blue Beetle's going to be good. No, it's not. <laughs> I, so you sent me this Blue Be- I Are you sure this isn't just a cosplayer, Matt? This no, Bob. This is that legit from the movie. <laughs> I just... I don't believe you. I just... Th- this is a lie. <laughs> this is like the Spider-Man universe plans from Sony. These are all lies. I just don't believe any of this. Okay. Well, this is like when you used to tell me they were going to make a Luke Cage movie in 2000. <laughs> like, okay, it's, whatever. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> whatever. Dog. August 18th, 2023. You wait. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll be here. Maybe All we'll right. be here. So, <laughs> any, any other thoughts on the end of the DCE, either now not, or in allegedly four more films? Not right now, but I'm just hoping that we get like more info about what's coming out. Because, like, I'm very interested to see where James Gunn is going with this shit. It, it is kind of interesting that, like, I don't know. Because, like, it feels like media is so intense these days. And, like, the news cycle is so intense. Because it's going to be realistically, like, years before we start seeing Gunn product, right? I don't know. Probably 2024. I bet we see a film. You think, you think they'll get stuff together in time for 2024? Yep. 
I bet they do. I bet they push I, it I don't. Quick. I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong, but I think I think we're looking like 2025. I mean, we're, we're basically in 2023 already. I don't know. Really, they're going to get something together in a year and a half. I just, I don't see it. There's been shit waiting in the wings, Bob. I'm not going to mourn the DCEU. It hasn't been very good. But I, I will say there's a randomness to the DCEU that I will kind of miss of just like, randomly the justice society show up in a black adam movie and it's not an origin movie the yeah, justice was... society has been around in this shared universe for a hundred years or like just the most random z-grade characters will show up in the suicide squad 2 or in peacemaker the tv show and just like these you know these like random characters have been around doing like superhero adventures for years and i don't know there's just like a randomness and an ad hocness and a sure do that thing too to the dceu that is kind of charming in contrast to like the discipline and rigidity of the MCU where like everything has to be an origin movie, you know, like, do you, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But I think if they just kept going with the DCEU, it would continue to do that. And then it probably would have more charm than it does now. Since there's aren't, I mean, there's a lot of films, but there aren't really enough films to really do the whole, you know? Yeah. I wonder if we're being premature in saying, in thinking that gun is just going to start over because you know, clearly it seems like he has a lot of affection for what he did on Suicide Squad 2 and Peacemaker. So does he really just want to, like, start the slate over, you know? He'll, he'll just keep those two movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those will be the – not even Suicide Squad 1. The only things that will be canon will be Suicide Squad 2 and the Peacemaker. <laughs> what, what if whenever his uh, Superman film comes out, like, the first, like, five minutes of it are just James Gunn in front of a fucking blackboard, like, explaining, like, what's canon and what's not from oh, previous God. films? <laughs> On the one hand, that sounds terrible. On the other hand, it does set – it does have this the random charm that I yeah. sort of appreciate about the DCEU. He's like, DC Peacemaker's DC. okay. This one's going to stay. Suicide Squad 2, you're going to stay. All the others. Actually, weirdly, Shazam. He likes Shazam. He had no involvement in it. He just really <laughs> likes it. Yeah. Really like that Billy Batson character. Yeah, not Black Adam. That's not canon. But Shazam canon <laughs> all right well i i think we've beat our quarter ass discussion of black adam and dcu into the ground uh apologies to the listeners we'll get better at this we promise this is a bob and cascadia that's matt in the southland have a great night everybody thanks for listening <laughs>